I supposed to be the franchise player and we in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Yeah. Not a game, not a game. Not a game. Slap that like she scored 30. What are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here. Oh man, got little special edition, little a little dropping a little something midweek. Uh Justin and, and me coming at y'all with a little UFC uh episode for this weekend's pay-per-view, UFC 265 in H Town, Houston, Texas. The Black Beast takes on Sergio Gane. For the interim heavyweight champion. Um, not going to get to the specifics about the interim title. I know that we already talked about that. Uh, we're just going to be here, you know, 10, 20 minutes, break down uh, the main card and give you a play if there's anything that we uh, like enough to, you know, give out to the masses. So, Justin, what's up with you, man? How you, how you feeling? Are you excited for this fight? Yeah, you know, of course I'm not excited about the interim situation. I think it's a little early, you know, to Francis Ngannou's um, just winning the belt off Stipe. But, but I'm glad we're still having UFC events. We're still having fans in the stands because that has made a difference as far as even just watching it. Uh, and they're back in H-Town, which is nice. I mean, it was not too long ago they were there. It was uh, the DS fight and uh, Usman. Oliveira. That's where Oliveira won his title. Oh, that's right. It, it was that fight. So not too long ago. But, yeah, looking forward to this weekend. Uh, not only that, Ben, but uh, there's going to be a play today, I hear. We might have a play coming up. Yeah, I think there's something that me and you both like consensus-wise. Hey, Justin, I know that you forget that last Houston card because that's when your boy Chandler got slept. But... Yeah, I don't know why you had to do that. <clears throat> I had, like, uh, suppressed that little memory <laughs> that right side of my brain. It was just a little gray area in your brain? Yeah. <clears throat> no, nah, yeah, but, you know, so something that happened, the, the GOAT was supposed to be on this card. Ended up having to pull out due to uh, – Contracting COVID-19. So do you still like the card without Amanda Nunez defending her title against it was going to be Juliana Pena? You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I do like the card still, just because you got the heavyweight, and when the heavyweights are at it, it's always something fun to watch, especially when you got the black beast and what is Ghana now and uh, come up. It would have been a lot better for the fans if uh, Amanda was on, but that's okay. Um so fortunately, she got COVID. Um, hope she comes back soon and, and recovers well, and all is safe with her family and her her uh, newborn baby, or not newborn, but maybe a year now. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. And I mean, the the line for that fight was Nunez minus one thousand anyway, minus twelve hundred. I mean, I don't think anybody expected the title to change hands, but she does always put on a show when she fights, and it was going to be a good uh, co-main event to this, you know, uh, interim title main event. But anyways, man, let's get to the curtain jerker for the pay-per-view. We got Casey Kenny coming off a loss against Dominic Cruz uh, against Song Yadong in the Bantamweight division. What's his so, nickname? I, we, had, we had a little bit of a controversy over his nickname. It's uh, Kung Fu Sh Monkey. Sure, dog. Here shows Kung Fu Monkey. Uh, you were you were giving me some other another name prior prior <laughs> to us coming here. I'm um, setting him up. Yeah, but you were trying to get me catch me slipping. Um, but Song Yudong coming in off a loss to Kyler Phillips. We saw Kyler Phillips uh, on the fight night. Was it 
last weekend or the weekend before got robbed by the judges. Uh, it was that one card with Maverick and Barber as well, where there was just robberies left and right. Uh, but he's coming in off a, off a loss to Phillips where he pretty much got his ass whooped uh, by Phillips. That whole fight, he was ranked. He lost his ranking after losing that fight. Prior to that, the win against Chito Vera, and I mean, that aged well. But, <clears throat> you know, he's not very active, Yudong. One fight every year. Um, so that, that fight has been a, a little while ago. We're here wrapping up 2021 already. We're here at the back end, the home stretch. Um, Yudong's getting in for the second time. But like we said, that loss... Do you see him changing any changing his his luck in 2021, Justin? You see him getting a win here? You know, I, I don't see him getting the win here. I think it's gonna be a decision. If you look at Casey Kenny's record, he's 16 and 3. That's not a bad record, but out of those 16 wins, nine have come from decision, five from subs. I, I just see it being a decision. He'll outpoint him. And I have um, a, a lot of faith in him because you know I'm a big Dominic Cruz fan. And he took Dominic Cruz to a split decision. Yes. One judge saw it his way. So as far as stock goes, I'm going to put a little more stock in Casey Kennedy this weekend than I would on the Kung Fu monkey. Do you remember his fight? I know that I just said the judges have been tripping. Do you, you know, I know you're a Dom fan. I know you saw the fight. Do you remember? I mean, was there a path to scoring it, the fight for Casey Kennedy? Or was that one judge kind of just tripping? There was the second round that I thought was could have gone either way. So I'm not – I wasn't upset that it was a split decision. Um, so, no, I don't think the judge was tripping on that one. And I believe if you look up the verdict, uh, if you've, have you ever used verdict before, it's like a universal judging where you get to input on your phone how you scored the card. So at the end of the fights, you get to compare how you scored it and how the universe or the world scored it compared right, right. to the judges. And that second round was – Nine nine, it was kind of slipping each either way, so not a big deal there on on that card right there. Yeah, um, like you, I I too like Kenny man. I like his strength of schedule. Like you said, that Dominic Cruz fight, although it was a loss, uh, those were a valuable fifteen minutes in the octagon with Dominic Cruz. Prior to that, he had the win over Nathaniel Wood, a win over Luis Smoka. I mean, he's even been in there with Marab Devalishvili, yeah. who is you know. Can't seem to find too many fights. I know that he's fighting uh, uh, Marlon Moraes here coming up in a couple of months, but you know nobody really likes getting in there with him due to his wrestling. But Casey Casey Kenny has a gas tank. You noted that that he has those decision victories. Most of his victories do come by decision. He is able to push the pace. I think that he's going to be able to get Song Yudong down at times, work him on the mat, and in that Phillips fight, Song Yudong. I mean, his gas tank really was going out. Yeah, in that third round, he was pretty much just a punching bag. So I like Casey Kenny to get back on track here uh, against a guy that's outside of the rankings. You know, it'll inch Casey Kenny closer to the rankings, but I do see him getting back on track. And the line right now is only minus 125. Um, so, you know, maybe we'll, that's something that we'll, we might look at later on in the show. So, Ben, the other thing I also do like on Casey Kenny is when it comes to a fighter, sometimes you have to look at cage time. And he had cage time in 2020. He had four fights in 2020. Song Yudong had one fight, and that was in May. And then in March, he had a second fight in 2021. So Casey Kenny has a little bit more experience recently in the octagon than Song Yudong. I think that could, you know, be that little factor. If you're looking for the edge, those are things to look at because it is a close line. I think those things are the things you got to look at. 
Yeah, and with the momentum, like you said, the, the one thing that does worry about Yadong, and like we do, we I think we both have Casey Kenny winning by decision, but Yadong comes out of Team Alpha Mill, man, and they seem to be the ones that get those stupid decisions. Uh, Macy Barber and, you know, the, even the dude who yeah. beat Kyler Phillips, his name right now is uh, – I can't, I can't come up with his name right now, but the team alpha male, I mean, they see Uriah Faber in the corner, man, and the judges, it seems like they get starstruck a, and shit. It's a Raleigh and Paiva. Yeah, Paiva. There you go. Paiva, Paiva. Mm -hmm. It's a hard name to, to go out there and grab. So It doesn't uh, it doesn't fly off the lips, you know? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I, I do like Casey Kenny here. Um. Let's, let's go to the next fight. Uh, Tisha Torres, Justin. You're gonna do most of most of the breakdown here, Justin. The women's strawweight division. Tisha the tiny tornado Torres minus one forty two against Angela Overkill Hill plus one fifteen. Justin, how do you see this fight going? Well, I know for some of us this might be the uh, bathroom break uh, fight of the card. Um, it's unfortunate right. just because these girls are on the smaller side, so you're not gonna see a knockout. Um, when we go down to Tisha Torres, uh, 12 wins, only one by knockout, 10 by decision. So I'm expecting a decision win for her. Tisha Torres is on the upside. She's got two wins. Angela Overkill does have a controversial loss, I believe. Uh, but she's she's got one win on Ashley Yoder. But she did fight two of the best in the division with Michelle Watterson, the Karate Hottie, and Claudia Gadelia. But I got Tisha Torres right now, the tiny tornado taking this one, and you can guarantee it's going to be a decision. It won't be a knockout, and I really doubt it'll be a submission. What's uh, Let me see the, the line on the over-under. There is no over-under, so I think that they expect this to go to a decision. Yeah. But, like, this is – like you said, I mean, this is a guaranteed 15-minute break right here for you if if you don't want to see a five foot one, 100-pound female – Fight, you know, a five foot three, a hundred and fifteen pound female. Um, this there's not going to be too much excitement in this fight. Tisha Torres is streaking right now. Seems to have turned it around a bit. Two wins. The opponents haven't been the biggest names. I think that was the biggest thing for her. Like a lot of these veteran fighters, they just have to fight the competition that's at their level. Uh, once they start scaling them back from you know those top fifteen, top ten opponents. They seem to get the wheels rolling again mm -hmm. and be profitable for the UFC just based off of the name value. So I do think that Tisha Torres is taking a step up here against Angela Hill. Angela Hill has, you know, a step up as of late. Obviously, this is a rematch. Uh, this was Angela Hill's second fight in the UFC back in 2015, June 13 of 2015. Unanimous decision win for Tisha Torres. So... Uh, I think I expect the same. I expect Tisha probably to just have her up against the fence, you know, grinding on her and possibly, you know, work a takedown in there. I don't think she'll be able to keep Angela Hill down just because she's too damn small. Yeah, but the gas tank, the decision, um, and she seems to, you know, get decision wins. And Angela Hill's always on the wrong side of the decisions. Yeah, and I think you bring up a really good point as far as uh, when they scale back the opponents, these UFC fighters tend to start getting the the wins, the wheels rolling. Let's take a look at um, Tisha Torres' losses. They're the who's who of that division. You got Weili Zhang, Joanna Jacek, Jessica Andrade, and Rose Namahunas. Those are the fighters she's lost to. Those are the who's who of that division, the cream of the crop, the top of the top. So Ashley Hill's not on that level. So if you're looking for an edge again, 
I think there's something there with Tisha Torres on this fight. A, a decision, heavy wrestling. That's how I see it. The line's not gonna. Yeah, and the line's not even too crazy. But I mean, if you're gonna throw some of your coin on it, like, I mean, obviously you're gonna want to watch it because because you're betting on it. But damn, bro, it might just be better to save you the headache and the stress, and you know, not watch it and just come back in 15 minutes to see the decision be read because. Uh, this fight, I think it's going to be kind of sloppy, and there's not going to be much. Like, it's going to be hard to judge, I think, just based on what's happening in the fight. I hope they prove me wrong. I'm hating a lot, but Tisha Torres fights usually aren't very fun. Yeah. Because she's a safe fighter. So, anyways, let's get to a fun fight in the welterweight division. Michael Maverick Chiesa, plus 105 underdog against Vicente the Silent Assassin Luque, minus 124. Uh, you got Luque coming in with a 20 and 7 record, and then you got Chiesa with an 18 and 4 record. Um, Chiesa, I guess, finally fighting somebody that's, you know, of his size. He's a pretty big guy for the division. I know that he did move up from 170 to 185. No, 155 um, to 170. 155 to 170. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Um, so it's kind of easier for him to make this weight. I don't think that he has to cut much weight. Um, but Luque is one of the bigger guys in the division. I think that the path to victory is Kiesa is going to have to get Luque to the ground. Um, I think if it stays standing, Luque clearly has an advantage. How do you see it going, Justin? Well, I'm just going to give the edge to Luque here because I'm looking at uh, Michael Kiesa, and we saw what he was at the lightweight division with losses to Anthony Pettis recently, Kevin Lee, Joe Lozon. Well, not recently, 2018. It was, it was a while. Well, a, few, a few years. Then he moves over to Welter, and he gets on a win streak. But look at the guys he won at Welter. Carlos Condit. You know Carlos Condit hasn't been the same. Not, no, I, I agree. That's, that's, Carlos that's, not there. that's not a good win. Yeah. Then we're going to move on to a Diego Sanchez win. Diego Sanchez is a very small welterweight. And I, and he couldn't even get him out of there. That That isn't that good of a look. And that's a small, small welterweight. He really should be a lightweight, Diego Sanchez. Then you're going to go to RDA, another person who's back at lightweight. He was a failed welterweight attempt again, a small welterweight. Well, but RDA, I mean, has Justin, a fight. I would relax on the RDA isn't good because if Makachev beats RDA and the big Makachev fan that you are, you're going to be saying it's a good win. Yeah, so not a Makachev fan. But, but Makachev's you're fighting a Makachev lightweight fan. where RDA, RDA belongs at lightweight. That's my argument. Okay. The other one, though, is no Magni. Now, that is a guy that has size. That is a true welterweight. And for the most part, I mean, Kiesa was able to impose his wrestling will on him. I, I do like that. But then I go to the Vicente Luque uh, fight, and I see what he did against my ex-boy, uh, Tyron Woodley, and what he did with uh, Nico Price in that doctor stoppage. I'm just going to give that little edge to Vicente Luque on this one. But I mean, Woodley was pretty washed for MMA. MMA, I would say by that point, and he did take Woodley down. I don't think that he's gonna. I don't think that he wants any pedal with Kiesa on the ground. I think that Luke is gonna 100% keep it standing. Um, Randy Brown, Nico Price. Well, I mean, you don't. You don't think that a guy like Luke with seven submissions on his win list. Doesn't want anything on the ground with Nah, Kiesa. not a, not against Kiesa because that's kind of Kiesa's only route to victory is on the ground. That's why I don't think that he wants anything down there because yeah. why even if that's literally Kiesa's only route to victory? Mm -hmm. It is true. So I think the the game plan is one hundred percent stand up right here. 
with Woodley, I mean, the plan sometimes is to get Woodley down. I don't think that he's going to have the same game plan as a Woodley fight. But even then, I mean, Kiesa would beat Woodley uh, at this point in their careers. Nico Price, Randy Brown, I mean, that's not the best competition. The Stephen Thompson loss, obviously, that's very respectable. But, I mean, it wasn't even close. After that, you got wins to Mike Perry and all that. Uh, Barbarena, listen. Wins over Bilal Muhammad, too. Luke's tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bilal Muhammad before he got on, on that win streak. But Bilal Muhammad's tough. And he yeah. puts on hell of performances on his fights. They're always exciting as hell. Mm -hmm. I just feel that Michael Chiesa is going to be able to neutralize him in this fight. I think that we are going to see some takedowns. Chiesa still is the bigger guy. Uh, the decision, I mean, I don't know if, if Luque wins a decision. Do you feel like Luque has to win inside the distance, or do you think that Luque can win a decision? The thing is, most Luque fights don't go to decision. It's always if a knockout or a sub. So I, I like him to, to rock uh, Chiesa and get him out probably in the second round. In the second round, okay. And the over-under is two-and-a-half with the over-two-and-a-half juice. I do see the fight going to decision. Obviously, I'm pulling for Chiesa in this matchup, and, you know, most of his wins have been by decision. I don't see him choking out Luque, but I can see him neutralizing him, kind of like he did to Magni. Um, and Magni's a much longer and bigger fighter. He was able to do it to him. Now, Luque is, Luque is tougher than Magni, though. I'll give him that. Um, I'm definitely going to be tuning into this fight. This is one of the more intriguing fights. I like this matchup a lot, the matchmaking here. I think they knocked it out of the park. The clash of styles is going to be good. Yeah. I think we're just going to be see who who does who's uh, who does who better. You know what I mean? Does Kiesa does Kiesa get him to the ground? Does Luke, you know, piece him up standing up? And if you do believe in Kiesa, there's there's value there. It's plus money. Yeah, plus money, and you know, for that, we've been plugging and plugging Bet King Online. Y'all get over there, use that promo code. We talking about sports? They will match your deposit one hundred percent. They, you can get more details from them on that. I know they're running a couple of contests and stuff. Or reach out to their Twitter. Um, it's Bet King Online. Reach out to any of us, and we can kind of point you in that right direction. There's some decently lined fights on this card, man. Y'all want to, you know, put some lunch money on some fights. Saturday night, watch the pay-per-view with your buddies. Uh, Bet King Online is the spot to do it. You know it. All right, so the next fight, let's get to the co-main event, Justin. Jose Aldo in the Bantamweight division, minus 128 favorite against Pedro the Young Punisher Munoz. Munoz comes in as a plus 105 underdog. Um. I think this is going to be a pretty good fight, too. I think that this is good matchmaking. Should see a stand-up battle for the most part. Just kind of comes down to do you think that Pedro Munoz is at that level? Uh, we have seen him fight up in several occasions and not always come out victorious. Obviously, you know, his his title run, his, his hopes for a title shot were cut short, you know, a little before a title eliminator. So how do you see this going down? Is, is Aldo washed up? Is Munoz... Up next, how do you how do you see it? Well, you know, Munoz is actually older than Aldo, surprisingly. You know, Aldo's been in the game for quite some time, has a but lot there, of cage time. There, that's just that like here we can just say the age is just a number because the miles of octagon and, and wear and tear is Jose Aldo is the older fighter in this fight. Yeah, you I don't care that. what the I don't care what their age is. 
You can say that. So uh, to get to my point, though, stylistically, I agree. I see this being a stand-up fight for both of them. But I'm going to edge it out to Jose Aldo here because of the leg kicks. That's my only reasoning. This fight to me is very close. I can flip-flop on it. I probably won't put money on it because I don't really feel confident on either one. But if I'm going to choose one, it's going to be Aldo with the leg kicks. Yeah, and that's because, um, you know, Munoz looked really good his last fight against Jimmy Rivera. He he beat the crap out of Rivera. I know that was a little bit of bad blood, but, you know, a loss to Frankie Edgar in 2020 and then that loss to Aljamain Sterling in 2019 mm-hmm. was obviously Sterling the champ now and Frankie Edgar's never anything to hang your hat on if you do lose to him. But, you know, at this point, the guys that are the top dogs, Ortega, the Ortegas of the world and, you know, uh, those Max Holloways, they're, you know, putting Frankie Edgar's lights out. You know, Frankie Edgar's not really competitive with those guys that are that are battling for titles. We've seen Jose Aldo against the champ, Peter, uh, Petrion. Um, what was a pretty was a pretty competitive fight until it got, you know, to the later rounds and Aldo seemed to run out of gas. Here in a three-round fight, I'm going to agree with you, man. I'm going to go with the the experience. I think that Aldo's going to win a decision. There is a lot of juice to this over, I believe. No, actually, there isn't. No, there is over 2.5 minus 215. So they do expect it to go to the judges. But minus 120, minus 110 on the, on the, the side of who you think is going to win, I think it's a toss-up fight. I would stay away. Um, but if, if Jose Aldo cannot beat Pedro Munoz, I think we're going to see, you know, Jose Aldo fizzling out in this division. Yeah, you're going to see um, maybe a few matches left where it's hand-picked opponents in a way. Right. And we're going to let them ride out. Into or the like Brazil right. events, you know, just whatever they need him for where he will sell tickets. Yeah, I agree. Okay, well, let's get to the main event, man. Let's bring, bring this thing home. Uh, you got Houston's very own Derek the Black Beast Lewis, uh, plus 300 underdog, man, against Cyril Bongamin Gane, comes in as a minus 400 favorite. Now, Cyril Gane has been very active um, since he since he got on in the UFC. Believe that he came in through the Dana White Contender Series, Justin? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? And obviously he was a teammate of – of uh, Francis Naganu. So, you know, he had that hype, another French fighter. Uh, Derek Lewis comes in 25 and 7. Uh, obviously, that big win over Curtis Blades his last time out. I know that we we previewed that fight, and I just thought that the wrestling was going to be too much and that Lewis was going to get taken down. So, I know I was on Curtis Blades, but Lewis caught him with that uppercut, caught him clean. One of the better knockouts of 2021. And he's riding a win streak, man. He's riding a four-fight win streak. Not the best wins. Uh, Alexi Olenek. Latifi. Latifi and then Blagoy Ivanov. I mean, those those aren't really, you know, guys that are fighting for belts. But he has been underdog in a couple of those fights, and definitely that Curtis Blades one. On the other hand, you got Cyril Gan, who's 9-0. Uh, like I said, he's been very active. He already has two wins in 2021. Went over Jorginho Rosenstrike, a decision unanimous. Alexander Volkov was the most recent one in June. A unanimous decision as well. Wins over Junior Dos Santos, Tanner Bowser. So this guy seems to be point fighting to me. I'm not going to lie to you. I haven't seen many of his fights. Like this past one, I don't even think that – I didn't think he was main event worthy. 
Obviously, now he's fighting for a title, but he seems very boring to me for a heavyweight. Uh, he seems like a like just like a better athlete and just like a, a better version of like these point fighting, like Chase Sherman or somebody who just tap, 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 point fights. He's very smart, doesn't put himself in, in the way of danger. Um, has fought five-round fight. Like I said, he didn't had no business main eventing uh, the last fight night that he did, but he has been in there for 30 minutes. He's obviously in shape and can withstand the 30 minutes. The question is, can he, you know, stay without getting touched by that Derek Lewis right hand, Justin? Yeah, so basically what I'm going to go with is I've kind of seen somebody who has power fight Sirogan, and that's Jarzinho Rosenstrike. We know Biggie Boy can put anybody out with one punch as well. And the whole time, Sirogan just used the jab, and he kept distance, and he never made a stupid move where he could get caught or be in trouble. I kind of expect the same thing, unfortunately, here. I think he's going to keep that point fight system, like you said, and go all the way to decision time and ride a decision home. And that's unfortunate because I am a Black Beast fan, and I do want him to win. I just don't see it, and neither does Vegas, as you can tell. The lines are steep. I, I was very surprised at, at those odds. I think just based off those odds and Derek Lewis being at home, I mean, the crowd's going to be hype as hell. He's going to come out to UGK or Travis yeah. Scott, some sort of Houston song. Something Houston. I think that the roof's going to come off the Toyota Center when he does walk out. But once the fight starts, I think you're going to hear a lot of booing from the fans because God is just going to be playing that little game, playing that little game. I don't know if he's going to be trying to wrestle Derek Lewis and actually try and get him to the ground. I know that he has that in his arsenal and he has used it. Mm -hmm. um, but, I mean, at those odds, at plus 300 for Derek Lewis, and this is gone, a guy who doesn't – I mean, Alexander Volkov, he has that win as well, Rosenstrike. His wins aren't the greatest wins either. You know, obviously they don't have a win over DC. They don't have a win over – Stipe and Derek Lewis does have that one terrible fight win over Gan over uh, Naganu, but these guys are lacking like that that stamp win. I think uh, for Derek Lewis, he doesn't seem to lose to guys that aren't top five. So I think at these odds, you have to go Derek Lewis, especially in the Toyota Center. But I mean, if Gan has his way and doesn't get caught, it's, he should coast to a decision win. It's going to come down to just Derek Lewis catching. Yeah, and I can't agree more. If you're going to put some money at those odds, you got to put it on the guy who's a one-hitter quitter and Derek Lewis and just let it ride because, I mean, you're not going to make anything on gone anyway. And there's a chance because Derek Lewis has that puncher's chance every fight he steps in. So. Yeah, every round starts standing up, obviously. Gone is pretty good about not getting hit. Uh, Vegas has the, the fight lined at over four and a half. So, I mean, a heavyweight fight, you're seeing a number like four and a half. They're expecting the fight to go, you know, 26, uh, 26, 20, well, 25, 30 at least. Yeah. Uh, 25, 30 is the halfway point. And it's plus 150 to the over. So, I just, if you like gone, <clears throat> I say take the over at plus 150 instead of the minus 365. I don't think that gone finishes Derek Lewis. I mean, he hasn't finished, you know, Volkov. Or these guys, I don't see Derek Lewis getting finished in there. Um, or I don't know what the number on Gan is by decision. I think that'll come out closer to, to fight day. But over four and a half at plus 150, if you like Gan, I think that's the way to go. I think yeah. if he wins, it's going to be a decision. Like I said, a lot of boos. I don't expect them to be that exciting. All right, well, we do have a play to give away. Something we both already gave, uh, 
agreed on the pod. Um, did we agree on more than one fight? Did we agree on more than I think we both had Aldo, but it was like yeah. kind of just with our hearts and just we need to see Pedro Munoz do it, I guess. Yeah. Um, well, but the, Casey the Kenny, fight. we did both. Yeah. Well, no, I, I like Derek Lewis in that one, especially at those odds. I think I'm just going to go with Lewis. Fuck God. <laughs> I like that. But yeah, yeah. Casey Kenny. Casey Kenny will go unanimous for the pod this week. Uh, Casey Kenny, uh, what, where, what, what was the minus one fifteen? Casey Kenny to win minus one fifteen against Song Yadong. Uh, Team Alpha Male. We will have to deal with Faber in the corner. You know, winking at the judges. So Adelaide Bird. You know, no wonder she scores these fights all stupid. La pincha Adelaide Bird. Uh, <laughs> But let Casey Kenny get back on track. You know, this is a step down in competition for him. Keep the pressure um, and, and gas uh, your dong out when a decision wins. So we'll go Casey Kenny minus 115 for this week's unanimous play on the podcast. And y'all can play that at Bet King Online, man. Twitter, Facebook, <clears throat> hit us up. We'll point you in the right direction. Yeah. So Becking Online, the promo code WTBS. If you have any questions, hit any of us up, and we're going to help you out and get you set up. There's a little, there's a little bonus for you, so you, it helps you use the promo code. Trust me on this one. For sure, for sure. And with football season around the corner, it only makes sense. Yeah, we're going to be giving out a lot of plays come football season. I know sure. Ben has a daily show lined up for you on Sunday, so. Yeah, it's going to be dope. Well, Ben, where are you watching the fight? I'm probably going to watch it at home, man. We've been busy with visitors, you know, every weekend over here. A lot of friends coming into town visiting. I think this might be the weekend where we just sit and sit down in the living room and, you know, watch the fights, chill, uh, recover. Any barbecue recover. going on? I know you were barbecuing a lot. Yeah, this past week. Yeah, this past week we barbecued a lot, but I don't know if I'm going to be barbecuing this weekend. It depends on where I watch the fight. I, I might meet up with Rick, and when I link up with Rick, we usually do barbecue. So, yeah. depending on where I watch it, sounds good, man. I'll just be here at home, you know, watch it. You know, maybe order some wing stop or something. Wing stop, cause that's the go-to wing place for you, or what? No, Fat Boy need a ten piece. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, Fat Boy lemon pepper ten piece. Yes, sir. Shout out Rick Ross. Yeah, that's right. I was talking to somebody and I was like, man, it's pretty crazy how much money Rick Ross has, bro. Like anytime I see something of Rick Ross, it's him flexing how much of something he has, bro. He's a mogul, bro. I mean, he's a mogul. I heard he has like over a hundred cars now. So yeah. Well that how to uh or coming to America too was just filmed in his house. Like that's straight up where they filmed it. I they paid him to that. film there. They took a wing of his house, his mansion, and it's like a hundred acres in, in Atlanta. And that's where they filmed the uh, Coming to America too. Maybe that's uh, why they gave him the cameo. There you go. That's probably why it was his property. So that makes sense. All right. Well, man. All right, Jess. Have a good weekend, brother. And I know we see 65, baby. Yeah, we got an NFL episode uh, lined up for this Thursday. It'll be dropping Friday as well. AFC West. AFC West. Let's go. Deuces. All right, deuce, man. I supposed to be the franchise player, and we're in here talking about practice. I mean, listen, we talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Yes. Not a game, not a game. Me. Bam, bam. Me, man. Not a game. Slap that place, you scored 30. What are we even talking about, man? We talking about sports here.